What's going on, FA Nation? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS podcast. I am James Grande, joined alongside by John. No, I'm not joined alongside John and Pemba, my my normal uh, partner in crime. And no, I know I said I was going to be uh, solo potting this week, but no, I actually have brought on a guest, a, a family member, if you will, a family, a brother of mine, uh, one Justin, the starting five machine Fensterman uh, on the pod tonight. John, Justin, what the hell is going on, brother? Happy Wednesday. Yeah, you almost called me John there twice, Mr. Grande, but it's okay. <laughs> Three strikes, you're out, my friend. I'm doing great. I always love talking basketball with you, whether it's on pods on the site, on Sirius XM Radio, or just in general, man. I'm really excited for this on this monster slate we got tonight. Yeah, speaking of uh, – first off, sorry for uh, messing that up. I've You're not with, forgiven, but you can continue. <laughs> I've only worked with John on this podcast for five years, so uh, I, a couple of slips uh, will probably occur. Uh, but, you know, they're out of the way early, so – Time for the 11 game slate. Yes, uh, Fancy did say monster slate. Yes, it is 11 games. Um, when we head over to Vegas, we could, we could look at Vegas. I see one, two, three, four, five games. Detroit, Boston on a back to back. Boston 13 point favorites at home against Detroit. Uh, 214 and a half total. Sacramento travels to the Chicago Bulls. 233 total. Five and a half point favorites are the Bulls at home. Houston, you've got a problem. Uh, Phoenix uh, is your opponent here in Phoenix. 15.5-point spread, even though Phoenix is on a back-to-back. 234 total there, so that is the biggest of the slate uh, that we have. Denver-Golden State, pretty fun Western Conference matchup. 10-10 Eastern time for that game. 224 total, Golden State, six-point favorites. And then the other late-night hammer, Utah and the Lakers, Utah, four-and-a-half-point four favorites at home, 227 total. LeBron James listed as questionable for that one. Um, we'll get to the injuries throughout the pod, Fenstey. Um, We have, let's see, who's on a back-to-back? We have Atlanta on a back-to-back, Boston on a back-to-back, Indiana on a back-to-back. We have Brooklyn on the road. You know, interesting note there for Kyrie Irving's uh, regards specifically. We have Memphis on a back-to-back. We'll see the status of John Morant as he didn't play on Tuesday. Minnesota is on a back-to-back. Phoenix, as I mentioned, is on a back-to-back. And that's it. I mean, a lot of teams on a back-to-back. So, again, we can get get into injuries during the pod. So, Fancy, you ready to jump in position by position? Yeah, I mean, who's had a rest day? So many teams on back-to-backs. There's going to be a lot of fatigue in the air. Yeah, it's something that I, I used to talk about more than I do now. Something uh, I don't love to use jump shooters on a back-to-back, especially if they're traveling. Um, but um, we'll see how that uh, shakes out on this slate. Let's start at point guard, where we have. We'll we'll I, I'll leave LeBron out of this equation and bring him up during the small forward talk. Um, looking at DraftKings, we have three guys potentially over 10k. You know what? We'll, we'll yeah, yeah, three guys over 10k. Dejounte Murray 11k, Stephen Curry 10-3, John Morant 10-2. I know you know as we record here Tuesday night, we see John Morant listed out. That's not confirmed as of right now for Wednesday's game. He was ruled out of Tuesday, not Wednesday. So, given the matchups, given everything we know here, Murray Curry Morant, 
Uh, who do we like here, Fensty? I mean, between the three, if John Morant plays, I like him the best. I mean, I want to say Steph Curry, but when it looks at the return, and again, this is something, James, you and I don't really do this pod together or anything like that. You with John and John and I talk about this a lot, John and Pemba and I, and that's we're looking for that 5X return. Stephen Curry has not been giving us that return, and that scared me off of him a little bit. Clay Thompson being back and playing more minutes, it takes more shots away. And I know it's Steph Curry at the end of the day, but I can't ignore the fact that the Warriors are going to have to rely on their wings and Curry in order to get any kind of front court offense for the most part. So as much as I like Curry from the matchup standpoint, I am a little bit nervous about paying 10-3 for him. I completely agree. And, um, what I've been saying pretty much every slate we've had Steph Curry on is just tournaments because, you know, we know he can explode. We know he can give us 50 actual. We haven't seen it a lot this year, but we know it's in his bag. So um, I think Curry's tournaments, same thing for DeJounte. The price tag is just not great. 11K is tough to get to. So I I, I agree. I think Ja is the best play over 10K given the matchup. We'll see if he does play. Um, in this next tier... Uh, I think this is uh, very, very interesting. We have Kyrie Irving. Actually, you know what, Fensty? He we can't do not play. have Kyrie Irving. Yep, because it's in New York. That's right. Right. Um, we do not have Kyrie Irving. Okay. So this next tier consists of Trey Young on a back-to-back heading to Orlando and Chris Paul on a back-to-back at home against his former team, uh, a team that he's averaged 43 fantasy points against. So do we like Trey on a back-to-back? Do we like Chris Paul on a back-to-back? Or would you rather just move on down to the next tier? I mean, I'd give consideration to Chris Paul. The double-digit spread does irk me a little bit. But you got to imagine because Phoenix is the best in the business and Houston's defense absolutely sucks. It's putrid. You can attack them every which way possible. And the best way to attack them is through their guards and Kevin Porter Jr. So it's one of those things for me where – If I'm going to spend, and again, looking at it, that's where I can justify that I'm not going to spend 10-3 for Curry, but I will spend 9-2 for Chris Paul. We have seen him, though, get the minutes taken away from him in those blowout situations. So, again, when it comes to cash, might have to go down the list a little bit, JG. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much in agreement, and I am definitely worried about the spread. I don't think Houston is good enough to keep this game close. And I, that's really what it is. If there's no Chris Paul in the fourth quarter, I just don't see how we're going to get a, a return on 9,200. Um, I do like Trey Young at 94. They are traveling to Orlando. That's that's the only thing I, I will say there. They're home tonight. So it's not like it's a far, I mean, Orlando or Atlanta, Georgia to Orlando. Not a very far trip. Um no John Collins, though. So uh, Trey Young has monster numbers without Collins. So I think I lean, I actually think I lean Young a little bit over Chris Paul there. Um, the next year is interesting, though. We have Russell Westbrook. I don't think either of us are going to pay any mind to Russell Westbrook. Nope. Unless maybe if LeBron is ruled out, then maybe we'll give some consideration there. 8,700 on DraftKings. Uh, Van Vliet listed questionable. The knee, again, man, I mean, the knee and the groin have been like acting up for Van Vliet a little bit here. And I'm a little worried about him and a little worried about the minutes. They could just not play him here. 
considering the all-star break, you know, he can, it's kind of like the get right for a lot of guys. We were again, just mentioned John Collins is out for two games. Um, the Pacers already ruled out Duarte. Like there's a lot of players, you know, that are taking these next two games as kind of the, the get right. Right. So Van Vliet might not play. Then we have Halliburton with the potential of Malcolm Brogdon returning. Who knows if Malcolm, Bro- Malcolm Brogdon is ever going to return because he's it's questionable stupid. every slate. They should it's, just rule him out for the they should. Should all-star break, man. Right. So like, but we, we can't just, you know, they list him as questionable. So until he's listed out, Halliburton is probably harder to get to at 84 uh, unless Brogdon's out. And when Brogdon's out, I mean, it's Washington. They're, they're dreadful right now. Um, Josh Giddy, who it is. Yeah. So this, I think this is where our interest is going to lie. Giddy, I think Giddy is where it, I, I just think, and coach speak is so funny, huh? Um, because the other day, Dagnolt comes out and he says, you know, guys, we're playing this kid too much. We're just going to give him 30 minutes a game. That's what he says. And, you know, John asked me, he's like, what do you think? Is this coach speak? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. He's and, and maybe, and John brings up a good point. It's like, well, he's never ex- had to play this many minutes because where he played, you know, didn't require it. And you're like, hmm, good point. 30 minute limit, right, Fensty? Right. Right? <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, I know I get the game went to overtime, but 39 minutes. Uh, but back to back triple doubles. Talk about your boy. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with Josh Giddy. You're seeing what you have been seeing with him, and not only with the amazing rebounding. And again, I don't have this off the top of my head, so I'm not going to talk out of my keister. But at some point in the last couple of weeks, this guy right here was leading the league, not guards, the league in offensive rebounding. Now no Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's going to be running the point a hell of a lot more as he has been. SGA is not going to be back for another couple of games. And this is a situation where DeJounte Murray sucks at playing defense as good as he is offensively. And this is where my love lies tomorrow. And this guy is very likely to be in the starting five tonight. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting to know, no Lou Dort. Um, and Lou Dort has definitely taken a step offensively. Um, we know Lou Dort's a good defender, but no Lou Dort, no SGA means more offense for Josh Giddy. And we're seeing that with the 28 actual last game. Um, so I do like Josh Giddy. This is a tough price to get, but if get two, but if he's if he's kind of top thirty minutes, I mean, no point in in not playing the kid um, if he's going to continue to triple double nightly. Uh, another guy who has been tremendous and another breakout player, uh, Anthony Simons. Fancy is he is special when he gets going offensively. You can't stop him. No, you can't stop them. And that's what is good about this Blazers team is now that they're so out of their depth that we can get some good value at this point on a night in, night out basis. And he won't be priced up if he has a poor game. But what we've seen from Anthony Simons, just again, the last three games, scoring 29 plus actual points. He's been helping out with the dives from Damian Lillard. It looks like he is not going to be coming back for the rest of the season as the Blazers start to retool their roster. So this guy is running the show the rest of the way and seeing him under 8K and facing a hobbled John Morant if he plays or whoever else the Grizzlies can throw at him makes it a very good matchup for Simons. 
Um, let's move down the list. I think D'Angelo Russell is fine. Um, Wait, do you not like Simons? No, I that's no, I do like him. I, oh, I thought you were blowing me off for a second. I was like, okay, then check, please. No, 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 no. Just no, just moving down because you know I I led you in with the Simons talk. Um, I and I, and I did mention I think he is when he gets going, he is very hard to stop offensively. Like he is a very skilled scorer. Um, and he and he's a good passer, but like he is he's going to score a lot of points in the NBA for his throughout his career. Um, so I like Simons and, and I don't, I'm not shying away from the price, even though Memphis top 10 defense in the Can league. Can I bring up a team? Is that okay? If I do that? Yeah, sure. I don't mean to break the rules, but what about your Chicago bulls and the excellent matchup against Sacramento? I felt like, I mean, the, the other day, yesterday I took Dosamu and he didn't really yep. get me. And again, this was in the same matchup that Giddy's going to be in against you know the Spurs so I was very very surprised because I had the exact same mindset but it seemed like foul trouble might have limited him a little bit when it came to the offensive end he still played 37 minutes though and that's where I'm wondering does Dosamu or even Kobe White hold water in the Sacramento matchup or is it splitting hairs to you at this point I mean I think Dosamu and Kobe White are in play fancy and I think the Kings defense allows us, you know, for that to take place. I also think the fact that the Bulls are missing Levine, Ball, and Caruso, three of their best guards, are not on the floor. I mean, that's just going to put the other guys in the limelight. Um, look, Dosimo, he is on the floor a ton. He's averaging 38 minutes over his last six games, and Kobe White enters the starting lineup. 34 minutes, 37 the game prior. Um, they're both fine. They're both in play. You know, I I do think AO's going to get better. He's going to be higher owned because he's cheaper. And everyone's looking for the edge, right? Everyone wants the $400 to save because then they, you know, $400 might get you Jokic or $400 might get you DeRozan or whoever you want to spend up on. Um, so I think Kobe White might fly under the radar here, 6,400. But I, I, I think both of them are, are firmly in play. I mean, look, other players that we can look at as well. And again, I haven't wanted to trust someone like, you know, when it comes to Orlando. But I got it. Can't ignore the last few games. And I love attacking Atlanta that when it comes to Jalen Suggs, I mean, it's so hard for me to track Grande when it comes to who's going to be bringing up the ball between between him and Cole Anthony. But we can't ignore the fact that Jalen Suggs is grabbing some boards these last couple of games. Going up against Atlanta, it's a very good matchup for him. Yeah, the minutes were a little peculiar. Peculiar. I don't know if it was due to the injury. You know, he leaves, comes back, 25, 26 minutes. Um, I don't know if that had, you know, played a part. I don't know if the blowouts played a role in why he wasn't playing the 30 minutes he was getting with regularity. Uh, but then we saw it against the Denver game, so all is good in the world. And, yeah, I think Jalen Suggs is fine. 5,900, Atlanta's defense is dreadful. Absolutely no issue going there. Um, and then because you look at the rest of this, like, 5K range. Mike Conley, nah, no thanks. Just not right now. Not with the minutes. Not with who's around him. Where do you go bareback? Jordan Poole, you know, what's the upside when they're fully healthy? Right. Jordan Clarkson, no. What's the upside? He pl- doesn't play more than 25 minutes generally. And now Gobert's back. Mitchell, everyone's healthy. 
Patrick Beverly is safe back to back against Toronto. Uh, you know, so this tier of guys is just like it's the Bulls guys, it sucks, and then it falls off a cliff. From GPPs, I mean, he's very cheap and he does qualify at point guard and small forward. What about Alec Burks? He's been doing enough in the rebounding department, enough in the double digit scoring department. The Knicks do not get any defense from their guards. So he actually has been very helpful in that way. He'll get the minutes. And again, not talking cash must play, but going up against Brooklyn, who's missing quite a few guards themselves. I feel like Burks can make this value at 4,800. Give us a nice return. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, Brooklyn is going to be down a lot of guys and Burks has been fine. He has not shot the ball well whatsoever this year, which has been par for the course for a lot of guys. Um, John has brought up the ball change quite a bit, and that could be a reason as to why. Um, Burks is fine. Like, Burks, Trey Mann, um, Raul Nato has been good starting at point guard for Washington. 28 minutes again for the third straight game. Like, I like all those guys. Um, Burks would fall in that category amongst uh, with all of them, I think. Yeah, very nice. I mean, again, looking for these guys at this point, it's a good way coming off the trade deadline. Been talking about this a lot in the starting fives and in other articles that rotations are currently resetting for the next week or so. So a lot more reserves are going to be utilized for at least a few more minutes while those players that were newly acquired are getting acclimated with their new roster. Yeah, I think it's a I think that's a, a great point. Um we're probably things are probably going to get more cemented post All-Star break too. Um especially when they have a week off, they have, you know, times to talk through things and whatnot. Um what about not in a trade uh spot that has opened up? How about a spot that's opened up due to injury? Uh Monty Morris listed questionable. What about Bones Highland here, Fensty? $4,200. The matchup isn't great. And him and Compazzo have kind of, you know, been switching back and forth. But it was Bones the last two games, 29, 24 minutes. 27 fantasy points. The guy can score the freaking basketball. He's taken double-digit shots now. He's actually nine or more shots in three of his last five games. So we got to give him that. And we've talked about Denver before as well. They don't have a lot of consistent offensive weapons. Jokic is the everything there. But after that, it's put your hand in the bag and grab someone random out that's going to be the secondary scorer. So with that, again, 4,200, and what should be a quicker-paced game, that actually could serve as something good if he can definitely net close to 30 minutes, which it's looking like he could get 27 to 30 if Monte Morris doesn't play. Um, Final guy for me, I mean, if Ja doesn't play, lock and load Tyus Jones. Don't even yep. think twice about it. $3,100. Uh, he's a lock and, lock and load cash games, tournaments, whatever format you want to uh, play him in. Um, let's shift over to shooting guard where I think things get a little interesting for me. Uh, mainly because Donovan Mitchell's 9K against the Lakers, I think that's a good a good a good price point. But I think this next tier is where I've struggled. J- I've talked about Jalen Brown's price lately. I hate it. I hate it where it is. Um, I know he is going absolutely bonkers tonight against the 76ers. Um, currently at half, Fenstey. At 
halftime, Jalen Brown has 26 actual points. Oh, my God. Um, and he's made all five of his threes. Wow, but the Sixers are getting their ass handed to Ass is kicked, yep. At half is currently where we are recording. They are down 27. Um, <laughs> and Embiid is having a monster game. There we go. Now, I just, you look up and down Jalen Brown's box score, we're looking for 43 fantasy points, 4, 5x, right? If you're paying 8,800, yes, you want the 5x return, but I, I want more, right? I want the possibility of 7x, 8x, which Jalen Brown gives us when there's a full moon. Um, and we're getting it tonight. So can he do it twice in a row? I'm not sure. Same goes for Devin Booker. We know Devin Booker can score with anybody in the league. I mean, we've seen it. He's scored 70 points in a game. But how many quarters of this game is Devin Booker going to play? Good so question. After Mitchell, I really don't love this next tier of players. Uh, you know, we, we already mentioned Giddy. We mentioned the question with Halliburton if, if Brogdon plays or not. Uh, I don't necessarily love Brown, Booker, Van Vliet. Like, talk, is there anyone else for you here, like, at in this tier? Like, do you like any of these guys that I'm kind of – Just the guys that we talked about that also qualify at point yeah. guard on DraftKings. I mean, you mentioned Giddy Halliburton is definitely in there. But I don't want to attack Toronto. I normally don't mess with Toronto unless it's attacking their front court. And even then, I don't feel great about it. We talked about the Bulls guys. They'll definitely be in play Outside of that, man, nothing is really popping out too much except from the top tier. I got some mid-tier guys that are interesting, but from the top tier, and especially as someone that's doing the starting five tonight for DFSAlarm.com, I could pretty much clinch that Donovan Mitchell is going to be the guy. Well, if if you don't like anyone else but Mitchell, because I'm in agreement uh, outside the guys we talked about at point guard, let's fire some, let's fire some names off. Um I got someone. Let me start the let me start yep. the bidding off with I mean, he has been and dude, talk me out of this guy. It's been poor shooting, but if Freddie Van Vliet does not play, it's Minnesota. Gary Trent Jr. has to bounce back, doesn't he? Yeah. So I mean, so we looked through you said poor shooting, but if you want to look through the box scores, do you know when Fred Van Vliet, if you look through Gary Trent and just took a guess? When Fred Van Vliet didn't play within those games, which game would you have guessed, Fensty? I would guess the Atlanta matchup where he had 46 DraftKings points. Um, you were actually incorrect. He did not play against Houston where he had 42 actual points and, <laughs> 59, and 59 fantasy points. Um, we've seen it a couple times this year when a starter and – exits the lineup a starter any of them and gary trent receives an instant bump he goes nuts um so i i'm with you it's minnesota you just said it. they're one of the worst defensive teams against the three um we know gary trent is electric when he's on the floor so i have absolutely no problem going there tournaments only yes tournaments only but um, I'm with you. Uh, I'll fire one off, and it's you know injury specific, and he's not having the best game right now. Uh, actually, he bounced back after a, a lackluster first quarter. Um, but Desmond Bain, and it's contingent. You know what? 
I'm not going to say it's fully contingent on Jaws status uh, because 6,400 is a good price for Bain because he's so good on both ends of the floor. But if there's no John Morant, there's a guy who averages 1.1 fantasy points per minute. Uh, we know Dylan Brooks is out as well. Like they're literally the two highest usage players removed from the lineup. Give me Desmond Bain 6,400 against Portland. And let's not forget that he can also run the point if can. needed. And here's the thing. I know that a lot of you are thinking, well, they've got Jones for that. Yes, but every minute counts, especially when we're judging these right. players and analyzing them on a point-per-minute basis. If he's going to get extra run as the backup point guard if Jaws out, helps the assists, helps the playing time, helps our overall return that we're getting from him. So I view Desmond Bain as a multi-position guy, a three-position guy, and that's why when the matchup presents itself, even though that price point being what it is at 6,400, that's why you always got to give him a look. It's funny. You mentioned the point guard thing. I, I was listening to um, the old man and the three, which is JJ Reddick's uh, podcast. And they had Desmond Bain on there and they asked him a question like, when did you really uh, like gain this confidence that you were going to like break out and not be like the three and D guy that you were drafted as? And he said, when they told me to go to summer league, they being Memphis, and I didn't want to. And then they put me on the ball. He said that was the moment when, because he cooked in Summer League um, this year. He said he didn't really want to go because he didn't feel like he should be there. But they put him on the ball as the point guard. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. And now he's having, you know, the breakout year of all breakout years. So um, I love Desmond Bain here. Uh, moving down the list a little bit further, we saw Buddy Heald start tonight at small forward. Um, they elected to start Jalen Smith alongside of him. They had the previous game. They started Lance Stevenson. So uh, I expect Heald starts here again. Listen, a lot of shot attempts <laughs> since arriving in Indiana. They're not falling, but we know Buddy Heald can get hot. Another guy I would classify as a tournament play only. Um, and then Fensty. I think this is... This is probably and and I I played 100% of him. I played 20 lineups on Monday and I played 100% of Seth Curry. I played yep. 20 lineups and had 20 shares of Seth Curry. I'm probably going to have double digit shares once again knowing that there's no Kyrie, there's no Joe Harris, there's no Kevin Durant, there's no Ben Simmons. Um what say you about Seth Curry? I mean, you you said it and we talked about it before that the Knicks do not play good defense and you can attack their guards. And that's what Seth Curry is going to get to do. And here's the thing. Not only am I considering Seth Curry for cash lineups, but also Cameron Thomas, you mm -hmm. got to put it to some consideration as well. Cameron Thomas has been a quiet producer, man. All of a sudden I've been looking at the lines lately and I'm seeing him hit the 20 point mark. He's grabbing a few boards. Even addition, a few grabbing steals. He's getting the minutes. He start. You're starting to see him play more in the early to mid 30s. I think both guys are in play. Yeah, I think both guys are in play as well. Um, and I'll, honestly, you know what? I'll throw Patty Mills. I know he was. He's been shooting the ball poor, um, but having a career year, I'll throw his uh, name and his hat into the ring too. So I think you can honestly probably play all three of these guys. No um, R.J. Barrett. That's the Knicks' best shot yep. at any kind of defense on the perimeter, and he is not playing again. Right, so instead of R.J. Barrett, they get to uh, deploy uh, Evan Fournier. Fournier. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. That's He's exciting. A joke. What a waste of money. 
Uh, what a time to be alive. Um, so I think those three are in play. I'm not gonna lie. I I I probably consider Fournier on the flip side of that, just considering he has 50 point upside uh, with no Barrett, um, coming off 50 fantasy points as well. Um, below 5K, Fenty. Who are we looking at, if anybody? Um, let's see. I think can't play Diallo. There's too many cooks in the kitchen there in Detroit. You mentioned Nato. What did Macklemore back to earth 19 minutes last game? I, I mean, you, here's a cheat. You mentioned Highland. If we do get the if we do get the news about Monte Morris, he also qualifies as shooting guard. And you know what, Grande? Let me know. Let me know because let's go back to the Knicks for a second here. Yep, I, I already. That's where I was going to. So they love this guy, man. Yep. They love Quentin Grimes. They yep. love everything about him. It's he's starting to become. It's funny with all the players that the Knicks got in the offseason and the players that the Knicks have, especially coming off of last year. It's a lot of the attention is turning to this guy and the reason they made trades for picks. And he was one of those first round draft picks. Now we've seen Grimes in the last two days put up over 35 DraftKings points, score 19 plus in those last two games. And most importantly than that, James, 37 plus minutes in those two games. And you know how many minutes he's going to play here, Fenstey? Probably five. No, he's probably going to be playing once again in the 30s. Yeah, he's playing He's playing 37 plus, I think, for a third game. Um, I mean, look, he can space the floor. We get the extra 5.5 fantasy points for made threes on DraftKings. He's a good defender. Um, and I know that's why Thibodeau loves him a lot because he – He's one of the only good defenders that he has on this Knicks team. Um, so, yeah, I think Quentin Grimes, 4,100 is a great play. And, Justin, I am disappointed in you because this is your boy. This is – you've been beating uh, the Dante DiVincenzo drum for as soon as he was drafted. And you know what? I was thinking about this, I, and I and I just noticed this the other day. That he was originally, when Milwaukee was going to acquire Bogdan Bogdan last year, and then that whole fiasco happened uh, before he gets traded to Atlanta, DiVincenzo was the centerpiece of that trade. So Sacramento has wanted DiVincenzo for a while. I don't think it's a coincidence that he played 27 minutes in that Brooklyn game. I don't. Neither do I. And and what, I mean, he fits perfectly. This is why I didn't understand why Milwaukee got rid of him. I mean, just because he hadn't been shooting well, you give this guy a little bit more responsibility. And look, he didn't shoot that great in this game either. He shot under 37%. I mean, that's been the problem with him. But this guy can do it all from when it comes to backcourt responsibilities. You need him to run the point. You need to give Fox a little bit of a rest, put in a feisty DiVincenzo there. He can do it or operate, as we've seen for the most part, out of the two. It was such a head-scratcher because of that skill set why Milwaukee gave him up. Yeah. Um, I think they needed front court depth personally, and they ended up getting it with Serge Ibaka, but I, you know, long-term I completely agree, but you know, I don't think they're looking long-term. I think just like last year acquiring PJ Tucker, I think they're trying to strike lightning in a bottle twice with uh, Serge Ibaka, uh, but definitely have a ton of, of interest in DiVincenzo under 4K. So actually some good value down here, Grimes. 
uh, Bones Highland, as we mentioned, DiVincenzo. Uh, but I think that's where my interest comes to a close. So yeah, let's, yeah, there's no one down here. Let's move on to um, the small forward position where, you know, we have two guys up over 9K. It's LeBron, if he plays, he is currently listed as questionable. And Jason Tatum, 9,600, in a spot that they should, you know, handle easily. You know, what? what's your take on James and Tatum here up top? I mean, here's the problem with Tatum. Isn't it the same thing that applies to him as it applies to Jalen Brown? Thinking that it's going to be a double-digit game because Detroit stinks, and yep. they're not. We're not going to see them for the majority of the second half. And again, when I'm paying close to nine K plus for both players, kind of turns me off a little bit. And yes, if LeBron James is out there, rather spend up a little bit more than Tatum and go after LeBron, thinking it'll be obviously a more competitive game. Hundred percent. Um, honestly, I'm probably not going to spend up on either, but I do agree. I'd rather go LeBron, um, even if it's $900 more, uh, someone that I have mild interest at the price point is Kyle Kuzma. It's tough. Like I, and I know you hate Kuzma, but like he has definitely considering who's around him right now, he has the keys to the car. And he's been good, um, but eighty six hundred. I changed my stance on him this year. Interesting. Have I, you? I have, and I got to give you and I got to give John and Pemba some credit. The change of scenery worked for him. He's playing a lot more like he did when I really liked him when he was a rookie. When he was a rookie, yep. He's not sitting there chilling at the arc the entire game. He's attacking the boards. He's following his shots, and we've seen him make that huge impact because of it. And it's weird that the focus has now shifted when it comes to these forwards for the Wizards. It's shifted from Rui Hachimura and his future to Kyle Kuzma, how well he's played and all the crap that he wears in his unique Gucci outfits. But (laughs) we're seeing the rebounding, man, and I can't deny him of that. And especially, what, a few games ago, a triple-double as well. Now, this is where I can't hold a bias against him because – I did actually throw him out there against Detroit in the starting five, and he did not give that 5X return floor that I want. So I'm trying to put that out of my mind, thinking that with the Pacers being as depleted as they are, like you mentioned, Kuzma running the show, we could go back to him and still pay this decently high price point for him. Yeah, and I think it's, it has nothing to do with the matchup, really, for me, because, you know, Detroit was a great matchup. Indiana is a great matchup, but like, I don't think I'm comfortable paying $8,600. Um, and I think that's where it ultimately comes down to. I think if you're playing one lineup, you probably don't get there. If you are playing multiple lineups, you know, some people play 20 lineups and 10. Like, I think, you know, a few shares doesn't, it won't hurt you to have a couple shares of Kyle Kuzma when he's the only guy in town. Um, but I, playing one lineup, I just don't think I'm going to get there at 86. Um, someone I'm definitely going to have interest in, and, and, and this next tier I think is interesting as a whole. Uh, I'm not going to play Kate against Boston. You mentioned if Boston is just too good defensively to really have any interest in any Detroit guys. Um, but Josh Hart has fit in like a glove in Portland, and the minutes are 
just like they were in New Orleans. 36 and 37 his first two games. He's now scored 27 and 23 actual points, coming off 50 fantasy points. Yes, Memphis is a tougher matchup, um, but Hart fills up the box score. So even if we don't get 27 actual points, I mean, he can he can fill it up everywhere. Do you know how well he's shooting without looking this year? Um, without looking, I would say maybe 40% from three or just, you know, around there. So from three, he's not shooting too well from three. He's shooting under 35%. Oh, okay. Okay. Non-threes though. And just in general, overall, 51.2%. Sheesh. That's how much of an impact Josh Hart is making. And it's to the point now where this Blazers team, when it comes to impact offense it's down to simons it's down to hart it's down to justice winslow and it's down to yusuf nurkic that's your team right there for the rest of the way that's a good team (laughs) um yeah i mean you said it like he's gonna get all the opportunity in the world um on this portland team and you know good i hope he does i you know he was paid this offseason and 51 percent bro yes yeah, incredible that's, yeah that's good what um, illegal substance is he taking to make all his shots <laughs> uh, uh he's become best friends with jj reddick who can shoot the basketball pretty well so uh um, yeah uh other guys um we mentioned 40 we mentioned bane i don't like playing harry b I'm not gonna go there 6300 nope. um what about mentioned- what about I got one for you? What oh he hasn't been coming through as well. Never mind. I was gonna say OG Ananobi. Yeah, I mean oh. he's been bad, but I think if Van Vleet's out, I think maybe we'd have more interest um if Van Vleet sits. And I also think, you know, the matchup is one that we could get behind because Minnesota's so bad. So I think there's a couple scenarios that would get us to OG, but he's been terrible. Um so has Scotty Barnes. Right. There's really been no upside for Scotty Barnes. So um, both those guys are are probably FVV dependent. Um, someone not FVV dependent. Um, Franz Wagner, any love there? Coming off 46 fantasy points. He has these games where, like, he goes nuts, and then he does nothing for a couple games, and then he's like, yo, y'all must have forgot. And then... Well, I'll say this, and again, I don't know what the game flow was of the games that he played on the 11th and the 12th, but you're seeing double-digit losses. So, and I mean, right. maybe, and we can't, it's very hard to determine this, but when a team is competitive versus non-competitive, even if the players, the storm of the starters are still out there, and you're still seeing someone like Wagner play 28 to 30 minutes in those games, it doesn't necessarily mean he's the featured player. They may want to start featuring other players that they put out there and just have those starters out there just to essentially babysit them. That's something I truly believe from watching the amount of basketball I watch. So I'm going to say and contribute that to the blowout factor there that he's not featured as much, but I'm all right with him in GPPs. I think that's a great point Um, because that's that's where I would play him as well, just tournaments. Um, Someone who I would also probably – uh, consider in tournaments. Denny Avija has, you know, that we know there's no Porzingis already ruled out. Um, we know there's no Bradley Beal. They've traded away Montrez. Um, 
I mean, 32, 20, 31 minutes. The shot attempt's not great. Nine plus in three straight games, but he's very good defensively. He has scored double figures in three straight games, and he's coming off 15 rebounds. Um, Indiana, a team that plays smallish. I mean, O'Shea Brissett is a 6'7 power forward. So, you know, what what are your thoughts on Denny here? Maybe maybe some interest there? Yeah, the Wizards have no depth. I have as much interest in him when it comes to DFS and value as I do with Raul Neto at this point, which is a lot because somebody's got to be able right. to take control of the offense. And if we're not going to have the utmost confidence in paying for Kuzma, but we still want to go after Indiana, which for the rest of the way, that's what we should all be planning on doing. This is your value right there with Washington. Right. It's not exciting. It's not flashy, but you're looking at guys like Raul Neto. And when he's out, you're looking at Ish Smith. That's what it's right. come to in DC. It's a good point. Um, Hopefully Avija works out because, you know, if he can ever get the offensive game going, he has the, he definitely has the defensive side of the ball working uh, in his favor. Some value. Let's continue on down. Um, you know, Chumo Keki keeps being good in terms of fantasy. He is fantasy. And I just – he has crazy defensive vision. He has Raymond Green type stat lines that we're like seeing. He, he is not like great defensively, but he is like some people just have that sixth sense, you know, like where you could see a pass coming and, and just being where the ball is going to be. He, he feels like he has it because he has a lot of big steel games. Um, if you just go through his box score, I mean, he. You know, just in his last five, he has three three plus steals um, outings. I think Chumo Keki's like a pretty good value against Atlanta. Um, Kenrich playing a bunch of minutes. We know there's no Dort SGA. Oh, he's already ruled out, huh? Kenrich ruled out too, Fensty. And by the way, last time Chuma played. The I almost said the Falcons. This is almost the second day I did this on content. <laughs> Stupid football's done. The last time he played Atlanta, he scored thirty almost thirty three DraftKings points. He had a twelve five, and he had six steals in that game. I'm telling you, man. Like there's something about this guy on the defensive end. Um, so Kenrich being out. Holy hell! Wait, I, I'm going to say one more thing, and then I'm going to stop having these ADD moments. Okay, no problem. He's had two six steal games this year. Two, dude. It is. There's something. There's something there, and I think that's why Orlando is playing him more lately. Um, and I told you this last year. I told you that he was the forgotten man. He was picked, drafted three years ago, sat out his whole rookie year. Uh, so last year he had the Blake Griffin rookie year, uh, the Ben Simmons rookie year. Um, <laughs> Not actually rookies, right? But classified as rookies. Uh, I, I think there's something here with this guy. 4,600, I think is a good price. I want to bring, again, I want to bring up Kenrich being out because now it's Kenrich, Dort, and SGA. They called up Alexei Pokachevsky a few games ago and he balled. Then they, uh, they bring Isaiah Roby back and Isaiah Roby is taking minutes away from Pokachevsky. Do you think Poku gets some extra run here with Kenrich, or am I just, you know, is that wishful thinking? Do you think it is going to be Aaron Wiggins for another 30-plus minutes? Do you think 
is, is there a chance? I'm I'm just as a Poco super fan, Justin. I'm asking, will he see 25 plus minutes here? Oh, I was going to say 23. That was okay. my prediction. Okay, then you're going under. Which and Aaron Wiggins is going to play 35. Um, so I don't I don't think Aaron Wiggins is exciting whatsoever. But opportunity presents itself, and it's against the Spurs. And he's 3K. That's easy. He's I'm going to whisper it. He's min salary. What? I can't hear you. I'm 35 he- now. <laughs> Uh, 50, but who's asking? Um, let's, do you see anyone else at small forward? You ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. At the power forward spot, we have the MVP of the league, DeMar DeRozan. It's kind of true, though. Um, do you want to be the person to say anything bad about DeRozan? Look, this is what I'll say. I I love them. You're looking at all the acquisitions from the offseason. The Bulls win the contest. (laughs) Um, Here's what I'll say. And I'll say this is the only thing I will say about DeRozan here is that his price does not allow any slip-ups. We have to get the 35-plus actual points that he has given us in now six straight games. Have to. Required. Is it possible? 100% 100% possible. He, he's literally done it in six straight games. Um, but, and, and also the fact that there's no Levine Caruso ball. But we do have to consider when that does happen, when he only gives us 30, will the assists and rebounds be there, right? Because he doesn't get any blocks. He's not really in the, the passing lanes. He's averaging around a steal, so maybe he'll get us a steal. Um but one seal is not going to make up for only 30 when we need over 50 fantasy points for 5X. Um, I want DeRozan to be able to get me 60. He's done it. He hasn't done it enough. Do I think he's in play? Absolutely. It's a great matchup. But I am going to just, you know, I want everyone to proceed with caution and, and think that through. Like, okay, this guy has been amazing in real life. And he's been great in fantasy. But this is a price point that we haven't seen before, and there hasn't been a ton of upside at this price. I have used DeMar DeRozan in a ton of starting fives, and I've paid the premium for him. I mean, since he's been in the 9K range, he's been someone that just comes through again and again, and he's the guy in Chicago. Might have met his match with the price point, but Mm -hmm. more importantly than that, it's so hard for me to go after him when I have Julius Randle, who's on a crazy 28-plus actual point streak over his last six mm-hmm. games now, man. In the matchup against Brooklyn, it's so hard for me to not want to take the minor discount. Yeah, I think that's ultimately where it lies. Um, I think Julius Randle is, you know, a smash play in every sense of the word, just considering how good he's been Um and, you know, I don't think that's a coincidence with no um, with no R.J. Barrett in the lineup. I mean, he's just being asked to do a lot more. So, yeah, I'm going to also take the discount on Julius Randle. I think that is maybe a reason why you might want to explore DeRozan because you're going to get up at lower ownership. And if he does go for 60, you know, you're, you're in a good spot. But I do largely agree Julius Randle is the top spend up. Um, you know, we can play Siakam. I think Siakam's a better play if Van Vliet's out. Uh, we can play Savonis, but 
was kind of benched uh, in the second half. Bro, I don't get this guy, weird. man. I don't, I don't get – and you could go back to the Indiana days and, you know, even now. Why doesn't DeMontis Sabonis automatically get 15 to 20 shots every game? Yeah, I don't I uh I remember there was a game earlier in the year where he t- um I think he took the first four shots of the game and he scored 8 points and then he never took another shot the rest of the game. He played like 40 minutes, never took another shot. Um I have asked that same question for a while and I don't have an answer. Um this is why I've always, you know, been worried about playing them. It's a tournament play only because, you know, we get 60 fantasy point games where he's the best player on the floor and he triple doubles. And then we get games where he doesn't show up and he gets benched. So. Yeah, I, it's, it's it's an anomaly to me, man. And especially now that the Kings, what they dealt to get him, you would think, why not make him the featured guy right. or at least the 1A with Fox? But I don't know. Maybe I'm just stupid. but. This seems like a guy who has the shooting ability, who could stretch the floor, but yet there are so many games where you're seeing him take single-digit shots, and I, I just, it's frustrating. I mean, that's a stupid thing. I mean, you know, you set yourself up for that one. But uh, anyways, um, <laughs> moving down. Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, so I think I, we got two juniors here I want to talk about. Um, Wendell Carter who's been great, uh, and Jaron Jackson, who is having a great game this evening and could potentially be without John Moran against Portland Frontcourt, who is starting Justice Winslow at the power forward position. So um, take your pick on which junior you want to use because I think they're both in play here. Oh, man. I mean, naturally, less competition. You would think that Jaron Jackson Jr., would be the pick, right? I mean, I know that we always have the foul trouble hanging over our heads, but if he's going to be the prioritized option, how do we ignore him at seventy one hundred? We don't. Um, we don't. And I and I put this in Discord tonight, uh, prior leading up to lock with John Morant and Dylan Brooks off the floor, Jaron Jackson, and yes, the foul trouble has always been the leading the leading part of a conversation when you're talking about Jaron Jackson, hundred percent agree, but he is their leading player in usage. He is their leading fantasy point per minute producer with Brooks and Morant off the floor. Um, he's a, he's a fantasy freak. Uh, and there is a reason why he was a lotto pick. There is a reason why he was drafted where he was drafted. He just needs to figure it out. You know, who also was very handsy and foul happy at their beginning of their career. Fensty. Who? Uh, Last year's league MVP, Nikola Jokic, um, was the same way and picked up stupid fouls all the time. And you know what Nikola Jokic doesn't do anymore, Fensty? Pick up stupid fouls. Yeah, because he realizes his value on the floor. And I'm not trying to compare those two players because, I mean, let's one is literally the reigning MVP and one's still trying to not foul out of a first half every time he steps <laughs> on the floor. But I'm also, there's parallels to talent, right? Like, Jaron Jackson can do everything on the floor. Everything. There is not one thing that he cannot do as well as a lot of players in this league that we consider elite. He just needs to stay on the floor. Um, And I think he could do that in this spot. Um, 
Only one foul at halftime tonight. Shout out Jaron Jackson, uh, you know, making us proud. Uh, under Carter and Jackson, because I think both are elite plays. Um, who you got your eyes on? Darius Basley, you know? <laughs> oh, dude, you gotta love Baisley, man. Yeah, he's been good, man. He's been he's been super good. Yeah, I mean, playing what thirty five to forty minutes in the last few games that he's been in. I mean, it, it's getting the rebounds. He's been grabbing more rebounds than he's averaging. He's on an eight plus four out of five game streak there. Even though that's technically not a streak, but you guys get it. Gets steals regularly too and blocks over a shot per game. This was someone that I thought was going to be a tremendous fantasy asset all year did not start out that way and finally we are seeing what this guy can actually do and now playing the heavy minutes and doing more we can put some trust into him again attacking the spurs is just too easy yeah and the shot attempts are just going to be there right i mean no coincidence he's taken 38 in the last two games i mean there's going to be no dort there's going to be no sga there's going to be no kenrich williams so um, load up on Darius Baisley in tournaments for sure. Um, under 6K, uh, you know, Kelvin Johnson, eh. Al Horford on a back-to-back, eh. Eh, probably, probably a little more than eh if Robert Williams misses another game. We'll see. Um, O'Shea Brissett, eh. I think our interest is honestly below 5K. Uh, Chumo Keki, we mentioned. Jonathan Kaminga continues to start yes. for Golden State, um, which, you know, we love to see, and we know the talent that he possesses. So I think Kaminga, 4,500 is fine. Um, what did Blake play? Only three minutes. He's done um, with the acquisition of Andre Drummond. Uh, OPJ, yeah, 16 minutes. Move aside, right, with Kaminga. Um Interesting. You know what? I, I find it interesting because I I feel like LaMarcus Aldridge, when looking at who the Nets have now, I feel like Aldridge should have power forward eligibility. Should. Which he does not on draft. <laughs> yeah, should. Um, speaking of that team, you know who does have power forward eligibility, Fensty? Bruce, Bruce Brown. You know what Bruce Brown did the other night, Fancy? <laughs> oh, just 52 fantasy points um, in 38 minutes started. Uh, I listened to the Andre Drummond interview or post-game presser after. They have familiarity. Um, Drummond's a good passer, set Brown up. 19, six assists, six rebounds, five steals, three blocks. Obviously a nominally, uh, an anomaly. Um, but Bruce Brown is good defensively. I don't see a reason why he wouldn't start here with no Kyrie and all the pieces that they're missing. 4K is a really good price point for Bruce Brown, man. I mean, I'm looking to see, because it seems like where he gets the heavy minutes, it's when there's a blowout intact. But then in the Miami game, he still got 26. So that stops me from completely turning the page. And we can't ignore what he did exactly, and they're missing pieces. So definitely a nice dart there, GPPs only, obviously. Well, I'm, I'm, let me speak in the minutes. I'm just going to pull up Popcorn Machine real quick um, because it is worth noting, uh, like, where his minutes came. He played 10 – he played 20 first-half minutes in this Sacramento game. 
So I think just based on who Brooklyn has, right. I, I just think he's going to play. If he's playing 20 first half minutes, there's really no reason to think that he wouldn't do that again, right? Just, just based out of, you know, necessity. So um, Bruce Brown, 4K, and our guy Jalen Smith, 3,900. Now, talk. we just talked – we just spent a lot of time talking about Jaron Jackson and his foul troubles, Fenty. Jalen Smith is up there. He is up there. Always in foul trouble. He's in foul trouble tonight. Three fouls in the first half. He played 10 minutes. This is Jalen Smith's first half line tonight. Six points, five rebounds. He's hit two threes. He has two assists, three fouls, 10 minutes. Guy can do it all. He just needs to stay out of foul trouble. Uh, but I think the interesting part is that he started this game. If Jalen Smith starts again, he's going to be 50% owned. It's uh, funny. It seems like maybe Indiana is taking a page out of Cleveland's playbook, playing a very big lineup. Not hmm. not not skyline lineup, but definitely <laughs> bigger. Okay, let's not go crazy there. Yeah, but, not not Larry Markin in seven feet at small park. <laughs> not like that crazy skyline. But again, I'm shocked that Smith is in there with both Brissett and Batadze. Uh They actually, uh, I don't know if you saw, the Hornets did that tonight, Fancy. They started uh, P.J. Washington, Plum Dog, and Bridges tonight. So maybe, um, maybe we're getting that a little more frequently throughout the NBA. They're going to sprinkle in these big lineups seeing uh, – seeing Cleveland implement it and it's working. So just something, just, you know, something of note. Uh, but after Smith, I'm not seeing much. I mean, not going to play Mo Harkless ever, not even if there's a fire. Mm. I do like that Marvin Bagley played 21 minutes um, in his debut with Sacramento, or Detroit, rather. I just don't think we can trust it against Boston even though he's 3,600, I think that's the situation we need to let play out a little more. James Johnson didn't play a lot. Um, I don't I don't see anything else. I guess if there's no Rob Williams, you know, Grant Williams is going to start and probably play 30 minutes. I mean, Boston is up. Did you see? Have you seen the update? Boston is up 37 <laughs> late in the third. Wow. Uh, they're actually now up. They're actually, it is now hit 40. They are up 40 uh, late in the third. So Grant Williams, up to this point, he has played 22 minutes. He'll probably play the final two minutes, play 24. So he'd play 30. So if there's no, I hate playing Grant Williams, but he's 3,200. Any, any thoughts there? Or do you just not care for Grant Williams? I don't, I mean, I don't care that much for Grant Williams. I'll tell you that much, but I'll say this. I mean, he does have the 12 points tonight, like you mentioned, but does it? I mean, you know what? Eh, I don't love just it, say man. No. I'm not just say it. no. Just say no. Just say no. I'm not either. Good, good, good. Uh, I named the Discord. It was changed, but the, the Discord name for about a month was never Grant Williams. So you know what? I need to stick <laughs> I need to stick to my word, never Grant Williams. Um, let's finish up at center. We have Nikola Jokic. We have Carl Anthony Towns. Um, we don't need to spend a lot of time on Jokic. If you want to play him, he's going to give you 57 to plus fantasy points, period. Uh, he has 80 in his bag. <laughs> you know, if you want to play him, no one here is going to tell you not to. Uh, I guess the interesting part is Towns because he's having, he had a very good first half tonight against Charlotte. 
which is to be expected considering who Charlotte is and they can't defend front courts. Do you think he can have the same success against Toronto as he is having against Charlotte tonight? Not not exactly the same, but similar success. I think that you could get after Pascal Siakam. Right. Numbers don't necessarily show that, but if you know Pascal Siakam, and since he's been back in that lineup, I've attacked him time and time again, not every single matchup, but you can get through, and it's surprising because of how aggressive he is on the offensive end. It doesn't translate on the other side of the ball, so I don't think exactly the same because you always want to attack the soft Charlotte front court, but it, it still, to me, is very similar when it comes to the matchup. Agreed. Um Siakam's just not a center. No, you know, he's not. Call a spade a spade. He's just, you know, Nick Nurse is doing something that works, and kudos to him, but he's just not a center. He's he's definitely playing out of position there. Um, I Next here, um, I mean, I guess we should have included Vucevic. I think he is definitely in play. Um, I, I definitely like his price point a little more than I liked um, DeRozan's. He's gone for 50-plus. I think there's more upside for Vooch than there is DeRozan, just given the ancillary stats that Vucevic provides for us. Very underrated defender. I've always said that. I think he's very good at the rim, um, protecting the rim, rather. I think Sacramento could have problems with Vooch here. Um, but then the next year, I guess I got to ask you, like, I'm not comfortable paying 8800 for Nurkic, but he did go for 52 last game. Like what's what's your take going up against Steven Adams? Like, do you care to spend that price, or would you rather just go down and, and look at the rest of the position? No, I mean the top three that were mentioned before. I like. I'd rather spend right. up on them. If not, I could go all the way down. And I'm even scanning through right now, and I'm not exactly loving everything out there. I mean, the first person that stands out to me when you go down the price point from a matchup standpoint, is Aiton. But we've seen him when Phoenix, who kills teams, we've seen them limit his minute. And why not? The guy was out. So why not preserve his health at this point? So X that out. I'm not trusting him. We mentioned Baisley on DraftKings. He does qualify at center, so that's very intriguing. But then you have to go back to the New York-New York matchup, I Mm -hmm. feel like, and look at Robinson and Drummond, right? Yeah, Robinson's a tournament play only. He has a very low floor and a very high ceiling. Um, When he can stay healthy and when he's engaged defensively, I mean, he is a monster fantasy-wise. I also loved what I saw from Drummond. Um, And you know what? I'll I'll give Drummond his flowers. He is a very good passer. Um, He's a very good passer in pick and roll. He's a very good passer when he catches in the post, when he offensive rebounds. he can really do it all, and I think they need him to. I think 24 minutes only goes up after that performance. I, I love Drummond. Um, I, I'm going to have a lot of shares of Drummond. I expect him to, you know, have a good amount of ownership too. Uh, I, I don't think we're it's you know the cat's not out of the, like he's going to be rostered. Um, look, I'm so sad that Clint Capella's been so bad tonight because oh, I man. loved him. I, I loved him at the price point. And I think what really drew me in was that he played 30 minutes the game prior. And he's playing a bunch of minutes tonight. He's just not doing a lot. I'm going to go back to the well. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go, you know, we can't have recency bias in DFS. And although he's hurting me tonight, I am going to play Clint Capella at 53 if he's active again. 
I mean, here's the problem. I mean, Ogonku doesn't scare you at all. Ogonku has only played. I mean, he's under 20, but we've seen games in which they virtually split before. Yes. But they played Capella 31 minutes the other night. And currently, uh, this evening, in the fourth quarter, Capella's at 25 and Gonku's at 13. So I think that there is there was a concern because Capella has been oft injured, right, throughout his whole career. This dates, you know, this predates his time in Atlanta. This dates this is in Houston as well. Um, I think that they were monitoring the angle a little bit, and there was nine straight games with 25 less minutes, and I get it. Now that we're seeing 25 going into the fourth, right? I think the limitation is gone. I think this is Clint Capella's time. Um, there's no John Collins. They need Clint Capella on the glass. So uh, I'm not necessarily worried about it anymore. I think the price tag is too good. And he's very highly rostered tonight, Fensty. And he's letting us down. No doubt about it. Five, five, two, and two. Like it's, you know, still time to get there because he's only 53. But we talk about recency bias a lot. His matchup against Mo Bamba is not difficult. Mo Bamba is a good shot blocker. That is it. Um, Previously, he had 20 and 16 against them back in November, and then in their second matchup, grabbed 11 boards against them. I'm just, I just think that there is a lot of upside again, and recency bias. Nobody's going to play him. Everyone's going to spend up at center tonight, or or everyone's going to play Drummond, um, or look for a value play like Mo Bamba at 44. I mean, I know he didn't play a lot, but uh, last game, but still, I Look, we're looking. We're looking for that five x return, and based well, on ice points over his last his last three games, he's given that to us on DraftKings. I think there's more though. Like, I yes, as a base model, right? I want my, I want my, Kia Sorento at five x. I want all like, whatever your standard model is. But I, I want my no Kia Sorento. I want my Kia Sorento to have a sunroof and to have seat warmers and to have a navigation system, right? I want seven or eight X. At fifty three hundred, Clint Capella has fifty fantasy point games in his bag. So I'm I'm not looking for five X from Capella. I'm looking for more, and I think we can get that. Um, I'm going back to the well there. What about under five K? I don't I don't know if there's anything I like under 5k but maybe you have something that it piques your interest. No, not really. <laughs> Actually, nothing, right? Not, like it's I'm probably spending big at this point at the position tomorrow night in all my lineups. Uh, me too. Yeah. Um, and and you know what? That's okay because we've given you so many options on teams like the freaking Thunder and the Bulls and the Nets that can allow you to spend big at center. Touche, Fensty. Touche. Well, um, before we get out of here, uh, make sure you guys give us a follow over on the old Twitter machine at Fensty Sports and at the underscore real underscore grande. If you want to follow, our socials at Fantasy Alarm, at Fantasy Alarm, at DFS Alarm, at Fantasy Alarm MBA, which we have revitalized and has gained uh, quite a bit of traction there as well. 
So you can tweet at any of us. You can uh, find us in Discord all day. Fancy has been uh, posted up in the seasonal chat quite a bit lately. I am bouncing back and forth between seasonal and DFS, um, you know, pretty much all day. I am on the playbook and core plays. Justin Fensterman is on your starting five per usual for um, Wednesday's 11 game slate. Uh, Fancy, before we get out of here, any final thoughts? Yeah, just again, remember, this is the time where rotations are opening up for those that love playing in GPPs. You're going to be getting a lot of value even after the all-star break for about the first week to two weeks. Rotations are still resetting, and some of those players who were 8th, ninth, 10th men in their rotation still have a chance to pick up a few minutes. And whether it's DFS or season long, we're going to keep you one step ahead of the game here. I love it. Um, and with that, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Um, maybe Fancy will be back. Maybe not. I don't know if he did. I don't. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to grade the performance and uh, you know see how he did, and maybe so we'll bring him back much again. Guarantee that I won't be back tomorrow. So <laughs> nice one time. Uh, we'll we'll keep a cliffhanger going. Maybe we'll maybe Fancy will be back tomorrow. But uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.